would you please welcome Anthony Young, Valley Family. Thank you so much. It's like, put me in, coach, put me in. Oh, I love your pastor. I love this couple. I love this church. You guys have a blessing here. It's not like this everywhere, and I want you to know that. God has something special going on with you. We travel uh, quite a bit. We go all over the world, and you have a special thing happening here. And I just wanted you to know what a treasure you have in your pastors, Pastor Greg and Pastor Susie. They are awesome. And this team, uh, I think I've gained five pounds since Friday. The food and the food, it just keeps coming. It's like standing under Niagara Falls, and it's all good, so you don't want to quit. So it's just been an absolute blessing. Uh, I want my bride to stand up. Come on, baby, stand up. 31 years right there to the same woman. And I just, I thank you for allowing me to share in your pulpit because I know it, it took a lot of years to build a platform to speak from. And I know pastors guard that treasure. Uh, so I, I don't discount the honor of being able to stand here. And thank you guys for coming. Amen? Are you ready? Now I'm a talk back preacher. Right? You know what that means? If, if we talk back, I get done quicker, right? Talk back. Um, I want you to know, COVID was a comma, not a period. You ever been reading and you think the story gets really, really bad, but then there's a comma instead of a period. And you know there is more to the story because the comma. COVID and the last two years, whatever hell and dysfunction and pain and suffering and setbacks that you experienced, it was only a comma because you are here. Do you have breath this morning? Talk back to me. Come on. Help a brother out. Can you dream again? Have you ever dreamed a dream and had everything counterintuitively, everything oppose it, everything go wrong? Have you ever dreamed a dream? And have you ever told your brothers and they scoffed you and mocked you? But does the dream in you still live? Do you still have hope in your life? Because it's a comma, not a period. Because I know the hand that holds the pen that authors your book. And he ain't done writing. Because you're here this morning. Say, I made it. I not only made it through COVID, I made it through pain, I made it through trauma, I made it through everything that held through at me, but I'm still here. I made it. And the mere fact that I made it lets me know there is more for me to do. Amen? Oh, my heart's full this morning. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. If you want to go there with me. 
just about sprayed water on myself. That was close. They make these bottles more flimsy now. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Are you ready to take a trip? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Verse 10 is what I want to concentrate on. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now let's break this down. We are his workmanship, right? You know the word workmanship, one of the, the Greek meanings of that word is a poem or a song or a theme, a rhythm. What you don't understand about your life, at least this has been true for me, until I traveled through my life for many years is I couldn't understand why I went through all the events that I did. But looking back, I can see a rhythm even when I thought everything was wrong, even when I screwed it up, when I did things to mess up the plan, I can still see the theme or the rhythm or the rhyming words of heaven over my life because I am called. And he loves me. So the workmanship of the author of heaven wrote a song or a poem that was called your life. And when the hand of heaven starts writing and things go bad, you always have to understand that that is a comma, not a period. It didn't end when it got bad. It just got diverted. And in the diversion, even the book says that the diversions work for my benefit because things never happen to me, they happen for me because I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. COVID was a comma. The trauma was a comma. The pain was a comma. The rejection was a comma. As long as you get back up again, though the righteous fall seven times, if he gets back up eight times, that's all that it takes, just one more time. One more time. And you don't even have to get up fast. You just got to get up. Amen? And you're his workmanship. You got to understand that. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He holds the pen in your life. The sovereign of heaven is writing your story. And he cannot be outmaneuvered. The glory of the Father. When you come into saving faith with Christ, the Bible says that Christ come and lived inside of your heart and it was Christ in you, the hope of glory. One of the ways that you can define glory is the height of the achievement that is possible. It's when a flower comes out and is in full bloom, you see the glory of the potential 
of what the seed once held. The glory was revealed. It's when you look to the sun on a clear sky in the noonday and you see the sun in the fullness of the glory. It's when you see a mother hold a crying child. You see the glory of the mother doing and functioning in the design of heaven and what she was called to do. Every person here has the hope of glory inside of them with the, the, the pen of a ready writer to finish your script. What can you be with what Christ put in you? What is possible? You were created, the verse goes on to say. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. I got to back up a minute. When you know you're his, the identity crisis leaves. People get confused about identity when they assume they're their own creator. When you recognize the Father of glory, because it began with Him, He's the Father of glory. And what He deposited into you is the potential that you have. And you were created by Him and for Him and to Him and through Him. Were all things made under heaven and earth, right? So you must, to understand the function of something, you must always look to created intent. When created intent is not understood, abuse is inevitable. I don't know, how many have ever worked on a car or something, you guys out there, and, and you're, or, or something in the house, and something's stuck and you can't get it out, and you, you can't find anything, so you go get a screwdriver and a hammer, and you start taking the hammer beating on the screwdriver like a chisel. What happens to the screwdriver? Because that was not created intent. When you don't understand your created intent, the sad thing is we beat ourselves up. We allow the hammer of hell to beat us into things and break us down because we have not tapped in to the created intent from the Father of glory that holds the pen that is writing our script. Identity is not something you choose. It's something heaven chose for you before the foundation of the world, right? The more you correspond and relate to your Father in heaven, the identity crisis leaves. And then people won't even be able to talk you into doing things or being things that are contrary to design. See, and what... We are His workmanship, created... In Christ Jesus, but you were created 
specifically four good works. So whatever the design over your life that your creator God, the father of glory, the father of your potential has for you, it's for good and not evil. So all those bad things, see what we, what we misunderstand sometimes is it says God doesn't cause all things, but he uses all things. If I lay my thumb down here and I hit it with a hammer, did God cause my thumb to hurt? No, I didn't understand. Something was messed up with me. When created intent is not known, sometimes your thumb hurts. Amen. Bree, come on, I said talk back. Talk back. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. Before you were, God had design and function already figured out for you because everything is created twice. Everything is created twice. Somebody had the idea to make this water bottle and then somebody had the idea to make it thinner and more flimsy where you'd almost spill water on you, right? <laughs> but it's not a coffee cup. So somebody sat around and said, well, to hold this water, you know, it's just water, so let's try to get the bottle as economically and thinly made as possible where we can package it and transport it in the most effective possible way before the bottle existed. Somebody made a coffee cup that was thick and heavy because it has hot fluids in it. Hot fluids in this would burn your hand. If I abuse the vessel and put hot coffee in it, the vessel will abuse me. When I met my wife, I got to understand who she is to me, what she is to me. And the more I understand what God designed in her, the better her will be to me. Because I can't expect things out of her that is not part of her intention in the creation. This wasn't in my notes, but I'm going to go here. And that's some people have put so much expectation on other people to be their God. That you've put unrealistic expectations on people, on leaders, on stuff that was never designed. You're pouring coffee in a water bottle and you're wondering why your relationships are burning you. Hey, that was good. Yeah, that was good. This group learns fast. 
you were created in heaven beforehand in the mind of God. Intelligent design. Then your mom and dad was the factory which made you. They didn't create you, they manufactured you. And they manufactured you to fulfill the theme of work that was over your life before the foundations of the world. Because the author of the book knows the end and then writes to it. Because he is the beginning and the end. So it does not matter where you are at today when you understand who holds the pen and is writing your story. You were prepared for your days before. He said, there's something I want to accomplish in the valley. And I know the kind of person that I need to do it. And he thought of Greg in heaven before the foundations of the world because God is never caught off guard he's never surprised you know the only time God is surprised is when he chooses to be by you but you can't surprise him so he said I'm going to create this coach and then I'm going to hook him up with this treasure called Susie the power behind the throne To accomplish a work that I want to do in this place. So your work was in the mind of heaven before any of this was. Even the work of Christ that says before the foundation of the world that the lamb had already been slain to make the provision for the fall that hadn't even happened yet. Amen? Can we go a little farther? That we should walk in them. Not prophesy about them for the next 10, 20 years. Not only dream about them. Not only lay awake in bed and think about them. Not only talk to our friends about them. At some point, you got to get back up off of the floor and start walking it out. Amen. <laughs> God, I got so much. See, what are you wearing that still has the lingering of aroma of past trauma in your life? You ever been to like a literal stinky place and you leave the place 
You're thinking, what is that smell? What is that smell? I heard my wife say, yeah, when she goes to work at oil work, we go home smelling like diesel fuel. And I said, yeah, but baby, it smells like money to me. <laughs> smells like money. <laughs> That's a vacation I smell, baby. It's a new diamond ring, girl. <laughs> my God, I lost. I don't even know where I'm at now. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. But sometimes you got to go through a dressing room on your way out of trauma to get the stink off of you. What old clothes are hanging in your closet from old seasons? Old memories, old trauma, old pain, old relationships. That when you put on that stuff, and I'm not talking about literal physical clothes, but I'm talking about the aura, the aroma, the, the what is the... What is the fragrance that you put off in life? How much of the past pain is still causing you to bring an odor into new seasons where God wants to pour out new wine, but you drug an old skin into a new season? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to go into a dressing room this morning and change your garments. Let's go to uh, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. And you know, this, this tech team you guys have is off the hook crazy good. No, they are good. I told Pastor Greg, if, if every church was this good, I would travel with more PowerPoint. No, a lot, of, a lot of places don't get the PowerPoint right, so I quit even using it. That's what I'm talking about, the gift you have in your leadership here. It's amazing. Uh, Psalms 139, verse 13. But it does help them when you tell them the verse. Because I didn't give them none of this. For, for you formed my inward parts... You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. There was a council in heaven that come up with your design and then it sent you into earth to accomplish the work that was determined for you to do beforehand. And when you can find the work that you were called to do, you will live with a fire that you've never walked in or experienced before in your life. You will have a confidence knowing that nothing can separate me from what God has for me. Nothing. It'll give you the confidence to charge hell with a water pistol. When you know. When the seed of greatness takes root in your heart and starts transforming you into the image of Christ that you were determined to be before the foundations of the world, you start coming out of old clothes. Have you ever been dressed up 
really well to go somewhere. And then you, oh man, I got to put gas in my car. And you get out at the gas station and you're polished and you smell good. You know, you don't smell like money, you smell like perfume, right? So you're out there pumping your gas and, and you notice people are looking at you. And you feel compelled to tell them, oh, uh, I'm going to a wedding. Why do you feel compelled to tell people? Because you're not dressed for the gas station. You're dressed for where you're going. And sometimes you got to look a little bit peculiar in the garments of your future. And people will look at you a little funny who you think you are. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you whose I am and who I belong to. Can I tell you that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in this body? Let me tell you who I am. That he is for me, he is not against me, and nothing that can separate me, no obstacle, no plan of hell, no person, no pope, no priest, no potentate, no king can separate me from my created design. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. You're skillfully made for the task at hand. And in your book, they were written. The days were fashioned for me. When I step into what God has called me to, I step into my days and they fit like a tailored suit because the days were fashioned for me because God sets the parameters of your boundaries he chose the time in which you would live and then in heaven before the foundation of the world they got together and said this is what we need and these are the days that I needed to live in that's why you don't get to choose your birth or your death but you get to choose the dash. How will you live the dash? Are you going to allow the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Christ to bring you out of old dysfunctional junk and cause you to be able to step into the days that were tailored for you like a fashion runway? So I want to ask you, who are you wearing? What brand has clothed you? Who are you wearing? You know when they show up at the Hollywood events, they say, oh, this lady, well, who is she wearing? Can I tell you who I'm, I am wearing? The fashion designer of the glory of ages. The one that was and is and is to come. The one that can never change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you about the garment I wear. Let me tell you about my fashion designer. That when he put me in the thing that I was supposed to be, and I stepped into the days that fit me like a tailored suit. 
They were fashioned for me. And in your book, in your book, I have a book. But you have a book that was written in heaven. And you have a different book. In your book was written why do we think hell could steal the pen out of the hand of heaven it was a comma not a period what are you wearing what event still lingers in your closet? Are you wearing what you went through or are you dressed for where you're going to? And when you walk down the runway of life, who are you wearing? Never let hell be your fashion designer. Who are you wearing? Because remember when I said the workmanship was like a, a poem or a song? There's always runway music when the models are walking down showing off the new fashions. And the song that plays in the background when you suit up in the clothes that were tailor made for you and walk in the days that were fashioned for you is the song that he wrote in the book and he sings it over you And in your book were written all the days fashioned for me when there was yet none of them. It was scripted before you got here. And nothing you can do can get it off script as long as you get back up. Start again. Believe again. Have faith again. Have hope again. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God, and how great is the sum of them. Can you imagine taking a calculator and trying to add up all of the great thoughts that God has for us and for you? I got to do one more thing. I want you to know you're special. I want you to know you're valuable in heaven's eyes. And there is something that you are called to do. The book of Colossians says your old life is dead and your new life is hidden in Christ. You say, how do I find this new creation that God has called me to be? It's hidden in Christ. And when you explore Christ in the depths of his life, you find your own. But all that is for nothing. If you don't make the greatest garment change of your life. There's an old hymn that says, are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? 
Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting on His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Because if you don't have the robe of righteousness that covers you from being washed in the blood of Christ, there will be no entrance granted to you into heaven. Have you trusted in His power? Have you trusted in His grace? Have you taken off the sin-stained garments of the fall of the flesh and put on that new robe? That new righteousness in Christ Jesus that He imputed into you when you get born again. With every head bowed in this place, I'm going to ask you, are you saved and know that you've made the garment change of holiness and righteousness. And if you know for a fact that you've done that, I want you to raise your hand. I know that I am saved. I know that I got a home in heaven. My future is secured. You can put your hands down. If you was not able to lift your hand, I want to give you an opportunity right now. It will be the greatest decision that you've ever made in your life. Say, I want, I want that new life. I want to become that new creation. I want to be that new creation in Christ Jesus. I want to know joy. I want to know that my future is secured. If you want to get right with the Lord this morning, I want you to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. I see those hands. Slip them up high. Slip them up high. Slip them up high. Slip them up. I see all those hands. Thank you so much. I see all those hands. Don't be ashamed. Don't, this is the greatest, come on church, give them a hand for raising their hands. This is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. Greatest decision that you've ever, and what I want you to do now, if, if you're comfortable, and if you don't want to do this, I want you to make sure you follow up with Pastor Greg, but if you raise your hand up, I want everybody to stand up in here right now. Everybody to stand up in here right now. Everybody to stand up in here right now. If you raise your hand, I want you to make the most bold, crazy decision that you've ever made in your life. And I want you to walk down here and meet me at this altar. Come on, I've seen a bunch of Come on, let them know. Thank you so much. Come on. It'll change your life forever. Come on. Come on and meet the God of heaven. Meet the God of heaven. Come on. Come on. We're going to wait on you. Keep Help me, church. Help me. Help me. Oh, I know there was more. I'm going to wait just a minute. I'm going to tarry. I'm going to tarry. Hallelujah. Let's get a little bit more, a little bit more. Please come. Please come. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life to change the garments, to get the stain of sin off of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank you guys so much for this decision that you have made. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know there's one more. I know there's one more. You can feel your heart beating out of your chest right now. You can feel your heart beating out of your chest right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Line up down here. Come on. Yay! Hallelujah. Hell is losing this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you guys to do this. All the Bible says that you got to believe in your heart 
and confess with your mouth. It's the most simple thing, but it is the most transformative thing that you have ever done in your life. And I want the church to pray with me when we pray. I want you guys to say this out loud where you can hear it with your own ears. Say, Father, I come to you right now. And I acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Come into my life. Fill my heart. Change me. Make me. Mold me into the image that you've called me to be. I know I have a future in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Feels good, don't it? Feels good, don't it? Feels good, don't it? Hallelujah. Let's let the Lord know. Let's let the Lord know we're grateful and we're thankful. Hallelujah. Pastor.